We are four ordinary Americans who happen to be atheists, talking about current topics and religious nonsense. Welcome to the Profane Argument. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 32nd episode of the Profane Argument Podcast. My name is Ray, and along with me are... Hi, I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. And we are streaming live to YouTube. If you'd like to listen to the show, you can search YouTube for Profane Argument and follow along. You can uh, follow us on Twitter, at Profane Arg. Uh, if you want to send us anything, we generally restart recording somewhere around 9 p.m. Tuesdays. A little early this week, but... Uh, Maybe we'll get done a little early. I don't know. In any case, uh, start off. Wanted to mention that we found, we, mostly Karen, uh, but Karen and myself attended a local Freethinkers group that we found, what was the website? Uh, it's on meetup.com. A friend at work said that he was thinking of going and that I should go because he was scared. So we went. <laughs> and it's a, yeah, it's basically a group of people to get together over some food and drinks and just disgusting. I think the idea behind it was several of those people don't have people that they can talk to about their frustration with with religion. Mm. A couple of them live in very, very religious communities. So I think it's just an outlet, like a, a group to allow people to, to talk to each other who can basically vent <laughs> about their <laughs> what they have to deal with. They should start podcasts. <laughs> it's been done great work for me I don't need a therapist anymore <laughs> yeah, but A couple of them travel quite a long distance to get there They meet um, like every two weeks Just to have a drink and conversation for a couple of hours It's nice Wow Yeah, it was pretty cool I think uh, I think we're definitely going to be going back Hi guys cool. <laughs> <laughs> We might have handed out some business cards They might be listening along today <laughs> You two sound so excited <laughs> Well, it's nice to get, you know, new people. I'd, I'd like to get a little bit more traction on the internet, but, you know, word of mouth is good, too. Hey, listen, <laughs> I tell one friend, they tell another friend. <laughs> We've all seen the commercial. Yep. <laughs> well, if you're old enough. <laughs> so I wanted to follow up on a story that I had for, it was uh, the National Defense Authorization Act. If you, uh, I think it was two episodes ago we talked about, it. maybe last week, I don't remember. But in any case, it uh, basically they tacked on a writer can't remember his his first name, but Russell, Congressman Russell, uh, added on a writer that basically allowed contractors to right uh, discriminate against LGBT. Yeah, right. I just wanted to follow up on that. That the what they call the Russell Amendment uh, was stricken off of that before oh, it was good. approved. Yeah. So they he actually, didn't, in fact, torpedo the entire bill and send it back to the floor and have to re rework all this uh, budget stuff. Correct. Yeah. And that happened on December 2nd. So that was just this Friday that it was struck off. So that's good a good hear. thing. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that they did a little work before they went home for the weekend. <laughs> weekend? Mm. <laughs> long weekend? Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of their weeks long. I'm sure they're, you know, in recess now until February or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's the winter break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they have to go back and talk to their constituents because it takes them weeks to get there, being, you know, that it's the 1800s still. <laughs> uh, apart from that, in the news, I wanted to bring up the uh, other appointments that Trump had made. 
so he did make an appointment that we expected. What what was his name? Wilbur something Ross was that? The, I believe uh, it was shitbag. <laughs> wait, 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 which guy was this? This was the one that we were pretty sure that it was going to happen, um, and we actually oh, discussed him a little bit. Right, for, um, um, not, I'm sorry, not, not Secretary of, was it Commerce or was it Treasury? No, it was Commerce, yes. Yes, it was, and it was Wilbur Ross was his name, I believe. So that came to be true, uh, okay. but then he later, he just later announced um, Mad Dog Mattis. As his uh, Secretary of Defense. Strong choice. Yeah. Mattis yeah. is not not as scary as Flynn to me. Oh, not even close. Yeah, Mattis yeah. seems like an actual smart guy. Well, he, he's a good military strategist, but the whole point of that position, though, is that it's a civilian authority over the military, so we preserve the separation of the military and the government. And that's why there's a law... That says you. It, the law used to be ten years. You had to be out of the military for ten years. Now it's I seven it was, years. Oh yeah, and it's he's only been currently. out. What? How long? Three, three, three? I think. But they said so they're going to find some way to get around that. They can. Cha- they can change the law again. They changed it once during the Korean conflict. But Jeez. what do we have laws for if they can just be changed on the fly like that? Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. <laughs> so the you know they're going to put this strong military guy, and that's how coups get started. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. So- so apparently he was given the nickname Mad Dog when he actually led combat troops in the Persian Gulf War in 91. And he also led in Afghanistan and Iraq in the early, early 2000s. And apparently uh, the Battle of Fallujah in Iraq, he led British and American troops against the Iraqi insurgents. So he he gained the, the term Mad Dog because he was a general that was actually... On the in the zone, not necessarily in combat, but he was there, as opposed to leading from the uh, from way back from the secret bunker (laughs) under the White House. (laughs) And but he also is known for uh, quotes that he has said. The the reason that Trump was all happy that some people compare him to to General Patton. Well, yeah, they compare him to General Patton because of the really crappy things that he says that he has to then later come out and apologize for, just like Patton <laughs> had to. I'm I'm sure he's also a good general. I I yeah. I have no comment about that. But some of his quotes, uh, it's fun to shoot people. That's. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, he mm-hmm. said, the first time you blow someone away is not insignificant. That said, there are some assholes that need to be shot. <laughs> so he definitely has a vibe of, you know, I want to go hurt people. However, uh, he's also one of his quotes, the most important six inches on the battlefield is between your ears. Uh, he's told people, engage your brain before you engage your weapon. He, I mean, yes, he's a general and he's militaristic, but. Yeah, Flynn scares me a hell of a lot more. Yeah, he doesn't. He so. doesn't. He doesn't rate high on my my scary list. I was gonna say, I realize he is in a very important position and he should be a little more responsible. In his defense, he just gotta shoot some assholes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, these aren't shocking things to be said by a general to me. No, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, when- he's, he's one of those generals. Generals. He's a true yeah. military, not a political general, but a you know fighting guy. Right, but Flynn just looks like a crazy man with a gun. He's like, I'm going to shoot all brown people. <laughs> but the thing with uh, Mattis that I, that I found disturbing, I can't remember where I saw this, but he encouraged the military to invest into some medical thing or something like oh, that. Yeah. And then he turned out to be on the board like a year later, and he, you know, he's rich. He's got money now. It's self-serving. Yeah, you know? so I'm just like, oh, God. That's, that sounds like the perfect <laughs> Trump candidate. <laughs> yeah, he fits the model. 
So before we started um, the podcast today, I was up Trump's in one of his, you know, rallies at the moment, and he was specifically introducing Mattis to the crowd. And he did this big build up and he's talking about Mad Dog Mattis and blah, 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 blah. And Mattis comes up on stage and goes, hey, sits back down. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. He said, my name is James Mattis. I'm happy to be here. I'm going to go sit down now. I'm like, that's gold. (laughs) And Trump, I'm sure, is still talking. (laughs) On his victory lap. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand. This is the first time I've ever heard of a president-elect having rallies. Uh, from what I understand, this is the first time. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't understand. I don't – I mean, well, I do kind of understand it. He's so narcissistic that he he requires that feedback. He requires people cheering at every sentence he says. Uh, yeah. But yeah. but this is Karen where, also this pointed out when we were watching it that it looks like he's more sleep-deprived than he was previously. So <laughs> Yeah, he looks really bad. His eyes are half open and he's slurring his words. I'm like, he's having how. a stroke or not sleeping. <laughs> he's skipping all his security briefings. <laughs> yeah. He's spending all of his time doing, you know, uh, the fashion portion of, his, of the contest to be in his cabinet, so. <laughs> and so what if this just wears him so, so thin and he just collapses and dies before <laughs> January? <laughs> no, nope, I'm still, still sticking with my theory. He quits in a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Says, job done, I'm out. Wouldn't then what happens after, I mean, other than obviously Pence weasels his way in, but what happens after that? Does he, does he announce his secret battle with cancer and... Die a year later? No, no, no. Oh, God, no. Listen, if I've learned anything about living on this world and this existence, Trump will be alive for a long, long time. (laughs) (laughs) And he will only prosper. Bad people always prosper. There's no such thing as karma. It's bullshit. Uh, But I imagine a year and a half he quits. Job done. Thumbs up. I did it, guys. Everything's fixed. Don't worry about it. And I'm out. And uh, then a year later, we see Trump TV. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. And he, every year he would get increasingly more grotesque. <laughs> uh, you, do you notice, though, that when he talks, he, st- he still talks like he's on a TV show. He's constantly saying phrases like, stay tuned, when he's mm-hmm. talking about changes he's going to make. And he, I mean, he constantly talks about it, about the, the people up applying to be in his cabinet that he's, you know, whittling them down. He's still doing a celebrity apprentice. I mean, that, that really seems like what he's doing. Um, well, it's How a long? formula oh, that ahead. worked for him. It's a formula that worked for him. Why would he change it? Right. He also likes to have his ass new- yeah, how long after the new Celebrity Apprentice airs before he goes on Twitter and starts blasting how terrible it is without him? <laughs> uh, I would say 15 minutes into its airing. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with uh, 40 minutes after it aired. Okay. Oh, I'm going with during its airing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sure. Sh- no, no, wait a minute. Does he still like he probably still gets money for that, right? He's probably like a producer or something. No, I'm, yeah, probably. Oh, then he's oh, then it's going to be the greatest show known to man. <laughs> Except for when he was on it. It's almost as good. Yeah. Arnold <laughs> will do an adequate job. <laughs> I would have done better, but it was OK. <laughs> yeah, now, exactly. I'm surprised that flew, though, with Arnold, because you seen that that climate change video with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Floating no. about on the internet. No. He's really big on climate change now and how it's stupid <laughs> not to, to work on that. And he's going on and on about stupid politicians and how it's so obvious that global warming is real. And I'm like, well, how's that going to jive with uh, Trump and The Apprentice? <laughs> yeah, I think I don't think Trump has anything to do with The Apprentice anymore. I don't think he's a producer. I don't think he has any credits. I think it's owned entirely Solely by, by Mark what is it, NBC. Yeah, CBS. NBC. Oh, okay. 
So and, he, oh. he just sold it, and it's all theirs now. Yeah, I, th- I think he was just the host. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Speaking of stupid politicians, can we talk about Ben Carson for a minute? Yeah, he's next on the list. He was uh, <laughs> appointed. Why are words failing me now? Um, okay. He was housing and urban development secretary. I don't really have anything to say about that. I mean, he's a he's a complete moron, and his qualifications are: I lived in public housing once. <laughs> yep. Good enough. Who was yeah. it? It was either Samantha B or uh, Stephen Colbert that said, and here's your new, uh, oh, what's it called? The the head of the medical, I don't know. I shouldn't be doing this. Apparently, words just aren't uh, coming to me. But, you, you know, you want to be the, the head of, of the medical society. Uh, I went to a doctor once. That's basically all you need is your qualification. <laughs> to, be, to be the Surgeon General. The Surgeon General. It. Thank you. Yeah, I'm here to help. <laughs> Uh, does anybody have anything to say about Ben Carson? Uh, he seems like a real swell fella. He kinda. kissed the ring hard enough, I guess. Got himself a job. Yeah. But the weird part is he didn't seem to want it. I mean, health and human development would at least make a little bit of sense. He's a doctor after all. You know what disturbs me about Ben Carson being in charge of housing and urban development? That was what Kiefer Sutherland was in charge of when Designated Survivor happened. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Now, I'm not what? saying I might enjoy a Ben Carson presidency a little bit more than a Donald Trump one, but... One of the things that I remember he was saying, he doesn't like subsidized housing. He doesn't like the fact that the federal government subsidizes people's housing via HUD, despite the fact that he probably benefited from it. And he benefited from that, and he got scholarships to get through medical school, and he owes all of his success to hand-ups from the federal government, and yet he wants to shut them all down because they're bad for people. That's all I got. What a surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that really, that just fits with nearly every other appointment that he's picked. He's putting people in place who are the worst possible person for that situation. I mean, the the whole idea. Is the idea to make himself seem better? Is that that like, you know, like when, when a girl... Only has fat friends, so she seems skinnier. No, that's you're putting too much thought into him, or that he would think that much. He doesn't no. know what the fuck he's doing. No, he doesn't. No, he he was a black person that Trump could convince to work in his cabinet. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I don't think he had to do too much convincing. I, I think he actually did. There was a lot of reticence there. I mean, Carson's spokesperson said, you know, flat, flat out, he had no experience and no business being a, a head of a department, despite the fact that he was running for president, but we'll put that aside. But, you know, I, I think he had to talk him into it. And, and, and he's controllable. Trump can, can manage him. And I, I get the distinct impression from what Kellyanne Conway was saying on some one, some newscast that unless you toe Trump's line exactly, you are not allowed in the cabinet. He's controllable. That's why. Um, but then why? But then why did he need convincing? That's what I don't understand. I have a feeling he wanted something very desperately. Why? I mean, he he hitched his horse to the or he hitched his wagon to that horse mm-hmm. as soon as he was out. True. I think he was not looking for something with so much work involved. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. So, yeah, he was probably like, no, nah, that seems hard. Let me do the easy one. Yeah. You know, draw, draw a paycheck. Maybe I'll run for president again one day. And they he talked him into it by saying, well, look, I'll just put you in charge of HUD and then cut all the funding for it. And he went, oh, okay, I can do that. Yeah. So yeah. just show up for the exactly. cabinet meetings, enjoy the fruit, and shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, that's why they broadened the, the, the search for, uh, what is it, Secretary of State? Because I think, uh, what's his name, told him to take his thumb up his ass. 
no, I'm not going to just kowtow and do what you want. I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Who, Romney? Romney? Romney, yeah. Romney, has, he's not going to um, toe the, the Trump line. That's not going to happen. What is the Trump line? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I don't understand. I mean, what, that and is a why really good question. He? I don't know. As far as I can tell, the Trump line is pure chaos. So that and, like, Romney already has unlimited wealth, and he looks to gain double unlimited wealth from the Trump <laughs> presidency. Like, why wouldn't you be on board for that? I think he has a bit of a conscience. Oh, yeah. I'd say what you will about Romney. He's, you know, he's, I mean, he's not a bad guy. He's, you know, he's a Republican. <laughs> he's, he's deluded, but he's not a bad person. Yeah. yeah. Like, maybe he, the Trump line is just this, is that you just have to back up every crazy fucking thing he says. Yeah. No matter what. Written and, down. Yeah, but then he can reverse on that at any time. And It doesn't matter, Ian. Scot-free. As long as you're, be- and when he changes, you got to be behind him on that one. Because, I mean, have you seen them asking these these people like Mike Pence, a guy who's been in politics for a long time, somewhat poised and, you know, a, a somewhat learned man, I guess. He's a little backward in some ways. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, you know, Donald said three million illegal immigrants voted in California <laughs> and there's no proof to back that up. What do you have to say to that? He's like, it's very refreshing that a president <laughs> elect speaks his mind. <laughs> That's his fucking answer. And then they're, yeah. and they're like, but there's no evidence. He's like, well. There's no evidence that it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate that one. Oh, the religious <laughs> argument. Yeah. Well, that's the new thing. Whenever Trump says something, you 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 can't disprove a negative. You can't prove there's no – what is it? A, tea, um, a teapot circling around the sun. So therefore, <laughs> there, there God is exists. One. <laughs> so therefore, God exists. What? Yeah, so they all – so <laughs> I think the line is just back him up. Don't go against anything he says. Yep. Whether it's about Taiwan or fucking China or burning the American flag, just say he's right. And that's probably all they want. Because yeah, who the I, fuck knows what he really – like, what is this goddamn plan? It changes. We have no idea. We elected a complete random chimpanzee. He's, he's outrageous. I, I believe he's <laughs> like an orangutan, last night, not a chimpanzee. A toddler with a handgun. <laughs> orangutan. Yeah, with a, yeah, orangutan with a handgun. Oh. <laughs> So uh, third- why, why again, are you opposed to this potential military coup that Mattis would cause? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think military coups are ever good for a country. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> just what checking. if it was a coup yeah. in the sense that they're like, we're just going to get him and Kellyanne out and Mike Pence, and we're just going to install some regular old normal Republicans <laughs> till the next four years? I, 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 I think I can get behind that. So, so what What if it were the plot of the Gladiator movie? <laughs> just, want the you, just want you to hold the government in trust until we can reestablish a republic, and then we'll be good. <laughs> I promise no one will grasp for control. Uh, I think I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out well for them. No, no, it didn't. Um, okay. Uh, the third appointment, Todd Ricketts. I know, I know three things about this guy. One, he was a supporter of Scott Walker, and during that time, he uh, said some nasty things about uh, Trump. Uh, two, he is a co-owner of the Cubs, and three, he has a net worth of one billion dollars. And what is he being appointed to? He is being appointed to the Deputy Secretary of Commerce. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's a deputy position. The amount under, of money under on Wilbur his cabinet Ross. is unbelievable. Yeah, yes. drain the swamp. Pardon? Yeah. Well, <laughs> apparently, instead of drain the swamp, it's organize the one percent in case the uprising is coming. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. 
or gather them all into one place. <laughs> Drain the swamp straight into his cabinet members? Yeah. Holy Jesus. There's so much money. I do like the idea of gathering them all in one place. <laughs> <laughs> President Ben Carson. <laughs> uh, next fall on CBS. <laughs> Tim just running down the street looking for his luggage every episode. <laughs> well, the fact that he was a this Scott Walker supporter thing. Scott Walker is a cancer on humanity. He just he needs really, to go really away. <laughs> oh my god, I hate him so much. Oh, I stopped listening after Ray said he was a supporter of Scott Walker. I was like, oh, I need to know everything that I know yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I should have saved that to last. Uh, so the last thing we have on the Trump stuff is Ivanka. Acknowledges yeah. climate change? What's up with that? Well, so Al Gore went to Trump Tower to meet with Ivanka Trump to talk about climate change. And he was very careful about the words that he used when he came out of the meeting. But he ended up talking to Trump for quite a while. And he um, had a very good conversation. He said, I appreciate the fact that she's very concerned about this. That's a quote. They had a constructive conversation, he and Trump. So I don't know that Ivanka is not going to be pushing for, you know, making daddy believe that the climate is changing and then he needs to do something about it. I mean, she's got three kids, so she's looking into future, her, you know, the future for her children. So she should be concerned. And she's a Jew. I don't know what <laughs> that has to do with it, but. <laughs> it bodes well for me. Well, true. That's true. She gives me a, a little glimmer of hope. Not much, but a little glimmer. Yeah, take, take, take what you can get at this point. Yeah. In the family, uh, she definitely does seem to have the the lion's portion of the brains. It's it's funny I, because he regards his children. He talks about his children, and then he says, especially Ivanka, things like that. And I'm like, oh, he oh, loves poor boys. Ivanka, <laughs> and that's good because I said it before. Our lives are in her hands. Yeah. <laughs> so do good work, Ivanka. Yeah. Now I know this isn't on our itinerary, but does anybody know what his secret meeting with Gore was all about? That well, he was originally change. no, but he was originally meeting just with Ivanka, and then he got sidelined and ended up talking to Trump. Right? Oh, for and an hour and a half. Yeah. Good. I, yeah. <laughs> and he came out and said, "They took me super cereal." <laughs> <laughs> My bad, pig. Yeah, Remember, we say. talked. We talked about this last night, Ian. He's got a lot invested in Florida. <laughs> right. So and, he doesn't want to see it washed away. Well, he's already claiming that uh, the ocean's rising is causing him to put a wall in in one of his golf courses. So he's already using the law and saying that climate change exists. I mean, half the things he says we know are just to, you know, drum up the excitement at his rallies. That's why, you know, it's the continuous circle. Of Absolutely. I, I am well aware that he said that his outrageous claim about three million illegal immigrants <laughs> secretly voted for Hillary. And then as soon as Jill Stein was like, okay, how about a recount? He came out and said, there's absolutely no need for a recount. There was absolutely no voter, you know, fraud going on. Why would you disenfranchise the people of Michigan, Pennsylvania and uh, other state, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, let's say. He yeah. said, he said there was no voter fraud now. Uh, he is now. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't hear that. He just, uh, his, yep, the, the Trump people just came out and said that earlier today. Oh. I will. I believe you. To, okay, good. I, was <laughs> say, I, I could attempt to locate that information before I pass it on as, as fact, but I feel confident that I read it during my, uh, you know, traveling the internet reading news 
I mean, even before the election, he he, you know, trumpeted what he. No, wow, that was bad. What he was going <laughs> to, what he was thinking, and he said, "I will not contest the results of the election if I win." I mean, he, he from the very beginning he said, you know, as long as it benefits me, that's what we're going to go with. So truth is it, just not part of this anymore. <laughs> Facts and evidence have no place in this presidency. <laughs> That's the quote. In this presidency, in this country now, it seems. Yeah. yeah. Was, was that Kellyanne or... Uh, oh, about the facts? Yeah. No, that was uh, uh, Kaylee Mac... McEnany. McEnany, yeah. McElhaney? Yeah. That's it. Eyes too far apart, girl. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, blonde, good-looking, always smiling for some goddamn reason. Ugh. Very unnerving. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to some of the, uh, the stuff in the news. Something that uh, I completely forgot last time that I was going to bring up, the U.S. government has deemed homeopathy treatments must be labeled, unless they can scientifically prove otherwise, they must be labeled that no scientific evidence that the product works. That is a huge step against homeopathy. <laughs> right. Well, are they I'm, fighting it back against it? I'm sure they are. I don't have any evidence of it, but... Don't I mean, you? You've got, Don't you think uh, that was the reason that our good homeopathy friend didn't show up to your get-together this weekend? <laughs> he was so distressed about the new ruling. <laughs> no, he, I don't know. He, he, we, haven't met, we haven't talked about it yet, so yeah. I don't know. This friend of yours who, who believes in this, does he not just believe in it? Does he constantly fucking talk about it to you guys? No. Oh, okay. He, he, he doesn't bring it up, no. And he's, but every he's, time it, the, the subject is broached, he makes a, a we'll say, aggressive argument. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll go with aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and he, as soon as you bring it up, he, like, sits up straight, his fists clench, and he's like, on guard. I'm like, I just don't want to go there today. <laughs> You're in my wheelhouse now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you always have to be ready to go into the fight. But the thing about this, though, I mean, it perhaps it will prevent new people from trying it. But the people that already believe it already believe it with no shred of evidence, except, you know, uh, placebo effect. How big is the label going to be? <laughs> yeah, I, that I don't know. I'm assuming it's – there has to be some sort of uh, – like, you know, like with cigarettes, there has to be some sort of – it has to be this big and this size of text or otherwise mm -hmm. it's going to be <laughs> completely hidden somewhere. I don't know. But I, like I said, I think that is a huge step and you've got these different – medical establishments all over the country that have alternative medicine and new what did they call it now nh something i can't remember what the acronym is but the, the you've got all these different places that actually have like johns hopkins has new age medicine a like a, a corner of their place they have a whole building dedicated to it well but that's that has to put a little bit of a of a hurt on them well well you mean I mean, Johns, Johns Hopkins has an office attached to Johns Hopkins that is funded by an external organization that studies homeopathy. Well, it's it's funded by uh, partially funded by the federal government. Oh, right, by that crackpot well, senator. Yeah, yeah. Um, the National Health Institute has a certain amount of money that is dedicated toward trying to prove holistic alternative medicine, uh, trying to prove that it works, and. Well, I mean, Places like Johns Hopkins went, oh, well, we'll take some of that money to, to try and prove that. <laughs> well, I mean, some alternative medicines are, you know, we talked about this in a really early podcast, have, potentially could work. They're worth investigating. But when they don't work, stop investigating. 
Yeah, That's the after whole point. Twenty five years and what what was it? Eight hundred million dollars or something. Yeah. I think we can stop looking at those. <laughs> yeah. Go on to something else. So in any case, I was happy that this news came out. Yeah. Good news. Hey, Karen, what can you tell me about uh, Angela Merkel and what she's uh, what she's up to? Well, Angela Merkel said a very strange thing. As many people know, Angela, I should say, Angela Merkel is a fairly left-leaning, I don't know, chancellor in Germany. She has just recently declared that she's going to go for her fourth term, I believe it was. So, I don't know, next year, whenever it is that Germans are going to be uh, voting, she's going to go for another uh, another run. But she's gone a little bit right of where she used to be. She is calling for a, a veil ban in Germany, for a, a full-face Islamic dress veil. You know, France did something not that long ago on um, burkinis. And it, I still don't know if I agree with the this idea. I mean, do... Does the government have a right to determine what people can wear ever? Well, are we talking about our government or someone else's government? Well, any government. Should should, well, a, no. should a government. <laughs> if, a, if a government can require you to wear a veil, why can a government not require you – Can requ- why can a government require you not to wear a veil? Or should none – none of it should ever be legal. None of it should ever be a government mandate in what you wear. Well, so her statement is that it's not appropriate in some spots, that it should be banned wherever legally possible. I'm imagining she's saying that um, she can't enforce it in a, in a uh, church. That's not the word I'm looking for, but church. <laughs> we'll say mosque. <laughs> Thank you, mosque. Yes. <laughs> Couldn't think of it. You know what I meant. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I'm assuming that the idea is that, like, when you wear a veil, nobody can see who you are. Face recognition software from cameras doesn't – can't possibly work. So sure. are they banning, you know, ski masks in the same areas? Are they – Well, that's or, a good question. You know, handkerchiefs over the nose? <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> like old-timey bandits? Yeah, oh, exactly. What about um, Asian visitors? Can Asian visitors not wear surgical masks? which they are want to do. <laughs> I mean, if you are consistent in what is it, you know, um, the, is it the, the Islamic veil or is it covering your face? That's the problem. Sure. I'm with you. Yes. And you have to be consistent uh, in your execution of that law or else you are clearly targeting someone for their religion. Right. Or I- is it, I just had a conversation online. There was a guy who he's a student in the Netherlands and he is from the Netherlands and his dorm, he said, is about 70% Arab students. And he is homosexual. And he is, he says, he is afraid to openly say that he is homosexual. If he sure. says he's gay, he thinks he's going to be bullied at a minimum. Yes. That's a well, legitimate now concern. Now this is in the Netherlands, yeah. and it's in, it's in a, an area where there's been a lot of uh, a lot of influx of immigrants and refugees. So what what about is it is this kind of a, a backlash? The fact that there are getting so many Muslims in Germany that they want to say no, you can't you can't keep your tribal traditions. You have to give that up and become German. Well, okay, that's one thing that she said. She says, the veil is not appropriate here. It should be banned whenever it's legally possible. Later in the speech, she says, we don't want any parallel societies. Our law takes precedence before tribal rules, codes of honor, and Sharia. Sure. That's fair, too. <laughs> I yeah. like that. Well, I mean, is it more about um, 
trying to push people to assimilate into a society. I mean, you look at people like the Amish who are, are completely separate and isolated from um, American society. And is that a good thing for American society or a bad thing? I mean, you have a bunch of refugees coming into your country. If they stay in ghettos, for lack of a better word, and never assimilate with anybody else in the country, that's got to be a bad thing. So is this a tool to help them assimilate? Kind of a, a shoehorn for yeah. forcing you to assimilate a little bit. I'm not sure. And I'm not, I mean, I understand, I, you know, from a liberal perspective of, you know, letting people be who they want to be, I, I can argue against it a little bit. But at the same time, I can make the argument that I don't think that the Amish really benefit our society in remaining Amish in any way. They put on a mean roof. <laughs> but they could do that without... Right. They, they could do that and have a cell phone in their pocket. <laughs> and bathe more frequently. That would be good, too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, all those things, you, you are correct. There is – I I don't know. There's just there, – there are a lot of ways to tackle the issue, but I, I think – I feel myself falling very pro into the – boy, forced assimilation sounds negative, but I, I – <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it should be. Like, it shouldn't be negative. That's – that's what causes the problems when you immigrate somewhere and you decide that you will forever remain separate from the culture you are moving into that create you know that creates language barriers it creates cultural differences and that's what creates a lot of the tension that we experience so i think i think i i, I hear where where angle is coming from on this one a lot of it also depends on how the, how these muslims are acting in the country, are they coming in and going into towns and being like, "Okay, you know, this is how things need to be"? Are they trying to change shit? I, there have been instances of, you know, uh, Sharia police patrolling. Yes, so they are trying to um, enforce their rules and norms on uh, German society in small ways. Then, in that case, I'm, I'm with uh, Merkel as well. If you got to take a hard, you know, if you're if we're being nice and we're letting you here, then we're not bothering you. You can do what you want, but you're going to start trying to make changes in in these towns and stuff like that. Then no, I'll I'll be listen. I understand Germans are probably a little bit harder than Americans, and we would probably try to be more nice about it. Well, <laughs> prior to January twenty first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but in that, but I, but that's you know. I'm with them. If like, if you got to take a hard line stance like that, if the, and if these people are like really like just being ungrateful and just being like, well, now we're here and this is how it's going to be. Sorry, sucker. This is our country. Mm. And if it takes banning this to do it, so be it. Interesting. I, I could, yeah. All right. I, yeah, I, I can don't agree like, with that. I don't like the idea of government telling you what to do and what you can wear. I, I, I don't like that. But at the same time. I can really see where she's coming from. Well, it would so. uh, for me, it would be a different story if they were just peacefully doing their own thing and not causing any problems. Like as far as like, you know, they're not they're just like, hey, we're just doing our thing. Just leave us alone. And then also they're like, well, also while you're here, you can't do this. That would be shitty. Well, but, I mean, maybe that's the maybe that's the the message that sh- that should come out. I mean, the, the the message from Germany should be: if you come here, we do expect you to at least make an effort to assimilate into and. Take on some of the norms of our society. We're not going to ask you to, you know, convert to Christianity, but you need to take on some of our norms. And there is a benefit to doing that. 
you learn the language, you get a better job because you've learned the language. You're not stuck just working in the places where people know your language. So yeah, I think America, that's one of the things we are better at and getting worse at, I think, is assimilating people of other cultures. We've never been particularly good, but we're better than a lot of other places. I mean, you know, the Irish and the Italians had a, had a rough go of it for a while coming into this country, but now, pfft, whatever, they're white, they could, they're perfectly welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to get better at the other ones, too, and to the people that look less like us. But um, I, I think that uh, the Europeans have a way to go for that. They tend to, they tend to be very self-contained, and people are separated more. Mm. So maybe it's a step in the right direction. I don't know. That's a hard thing yeah, to ask I definitely, people. Though, I'm definitely not worried about whether or not it's a violation of their religious beliefs. I could care less about that. Yeah, um, I just don't like the idea of government forcing people to do stuff. But yeah, I, I agree with the other side too. So unless somebody has something else on that. No, I, but I was just thinking about still what you said. And I was like, I think that'd be a reasonable thing um, as long as they, you know, with the including all, all the facial coverings. That just seems potentially dangerous. Likes being like, my religion says I can obscure my face 100% of the time. Mm. No? <laughs> I don't want to see, you know, my religion with everybody walking around wearing those crazy horse masks all day. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be creepy and just alarming. When I get to use my favorite word, you, you know, one of my favorite words, you can't walk around all day wearing a balaclava. It's just not right. <laughs> <laughs> balaclava? Balaclava. It's a ski mask. <laughs> okay <laughs> it's just a really cool word <laughs> that's what they call them it's what they call them in england it's a balaclava i'm like a what now oh a ski mask okay <laughs> glad you could work that in yeah really that's a win next is aubergine <laughs> so the next story that i have is from israel i thought this was uh well i'll just tell you uh so they appointed a new chief rabbi of the IDF, and that is basically the Israeli army. And it caused a bit of controversy because who they appointed was Brigadier General – yeah, I'm going to screw this up, but Brigadier General Ayal Karim. That sounded Jewish. Um, <laughs> and it caused a little bit of a wave because previously in 2003, there was a column called Ask the Rabbi – and people would post things and different uh, rabbis would respond. And he responded to one question that asked, is it allowed nowadays for an IDF Israeli army soldier, for example, to rape girls during battle or is such a thing forbidden? That's an Why odd question. Why is that even a fucking question? <laughs> right. However. Dur during battle? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Bang, bang, bang. Give me a minute. <laughs> Jesus. But the answer is a little even more shocking. He said, quote, even though fraternizing with a Gentile woman is a very serious matter, it was permitted during wartime. The Torah permitted the individual to satisfy the evil urge. <sighs> so, so this is why it caused it... Some, some waves when he is now the uh, chief rabbi in the uh, Israeli army. So he calls it an evil urge. He does. <sighs> well, he is a rabbi, Karen. Yeah. We've already covered what religion's main goal is, suck all the fun out of life. <laughs> <laughs> He's very old, but my God. I mean, it, it has been a part of war since the first war, and it has been a part of every war that ever existed. So 
it doesn't surprise me that it's written in his evil little book. However, that doesn't mean we can't make it better, we can't improve, and we can't move forward as a society. Yeah. And it's, it's especially concerning because of the number of accusations against the Israeli army of rape by Palestinian women. Mm. I didn't know about that. Yeah, and the fact that their their chief rabbi is now, well, in the past, has said, okie dokie. Mm-hmm. That really, yeah, that uh, that will not do anything to help quell relations there. No, not not even a little bit, no. Wow. Ah, so there you go. Religion making a difference yet again. Right. <laughs> I feel like this is a whole other show, but uh, and maybe I'll just take some time in between the next show to, to break it down for myself. But uh, yeah, why are we so pro-Israel? That you could be a whole other show. <laughs> okay. Mainly because um, they provide us with a footprint in the Middle East. So politically, yeah, that's exactly it. Um, we helped establish Israel. We have always been a friend. It it gives us a a launching point. It gives us a friend in the Middle East. Religiously. <laughs> and this is the one I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's because there's the whole idea that once Israel reestablishes domination over Jerusalem, that is one of the signs of the end times. That's one of the signs that Jesus is returned. So a lot of Christians are all pro-Israel because they want that to happen. They want Jesus's return. Yeah, there are. There's a, a lot of Christian fundamentalists send money to Israel. Send things and encouragement they they take vacations in israel because of that because when israel is again ruling you know armageddon begins and they want this um so there's a there is a military aspect to it we can have short range short range missiles there are medium range missiles there sure and and that part i get (laughs) yep and there's a religious a a really strong religious part of it as well so there's you know and there are some there are some evangelical groups that are gathering money and sending it over, helping the Israeli, helping the uh, settlers in uh, uh, Gaza Strip. Yeah. yeah, they're actually sending money over, helping the Israelis <laughs> building houses so that they can take more of the Gaza Strip. Hmm. So American Christians, you're not making this any better either. <laughs> now, <laughs> well, that American being said. American Christians are, are also responsible for a couple other atrocities in the world, but yeah, this one's pretty bad as well. Right now, that being Doesn't said, Israel I do a lot of our dirty work too, like stuff do we don't want to get, like oh yeah, military stuff, like going in the countries and fucking. Didn't they go into Iran and like fuck up all their nuclear programs? <laughs> oh, I'm sure they had a part of what was that operation? I forget what it was called. Spearfish? No, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. That's that, that would be awesome, but. <laughs> Uh, no, they definitely took part in the, there was a, uh, computer virus unleashed on Iran's and their nuclear, uh, development. And Israel definitely took part in that with America. Now, and what I was going to say is I don't want to sound like I'm totally against Israel either. Um, I am actually, I mean, if I were to, to choose a side, I would actually go with Israel (laughs) because the fact that they are surrounded by people who want them dead, like as a genocide, they are outgunned. I mean, they have a tremendous amount of funding and support from the U.S. as far as weapons. And and if they wanted to wipe out all of the Gaza Strip and the West Bank and take it, 
They they actually could. I mean, they have the military might to do that. So the fact that they're not doing that, it kind of lends to the idea that they are kind of on on the good side for the most part. Well, because uh, if I don't if, I don't know I don't know if we can actually I don't the fact that they are not actively you know promoting genocide good for them. Uh, yeah, I, but if you, if the, if the if it was the opposite, if the Palestinians had the upper hand, this would all be over already. True. You know that if the Palestinians had the upper hand and the military might, there wouldn't be an Israel or an Israeli to talk about. So I, yeah. I, I, I kind of lean toward defending Israel a little bit, <laughs> but I don't. I, that doesn't mean that I agree with everything that they do. Sure. A badass though. You got to you got to say that about them. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I know they also take a much more a much better. Uh, approach to things like airport security. So airport security in Israel is they uh, you stop before you get near the airport and they look you in the face and they talk to you. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Didn't they there's, invent Krav Maga too? <laughs> they, yeah, did they did invent Krav Maga. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's I, uh, no yeah, no, again, I never questioned their badassery. That is the one thing I do know about them. I am... Um, Secretly terrified of the Mossad. I am secretly aroused by most women in the IDF. Uh, you know, they just and, and Krav Maga is very efficient and uh, very painful. It's all elbows, right? It's all elbows. <laughs> but man, that religion. Could they just get rid of that religion? Yeah, it's an asshole. <laughs> well, especially the the yeah the the fundamentalist ones. If, if you want to be a modern Jew, they're pretty harmless. What's next? All right. uh, <laughs> next is actually what we said we were going to talk about. Oh, yeah. Leah Remini. She has recently put out, and I don't know how many episodes it's going to be. She has put out a new ten. show. It's ten. Wow. Ten episodes, yeah. Wow. wow. I thought they, it, yeah, I was expecting like four. That was a lot of expose. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one aired, and I thought we would talk about it a little bit. My first, here's, I want to tell you what my impression was. We can go from there. First, I don't really care for her. Oh. I understand, like, where she's coming from, and absolutely, I, you know, I would encourage her to continue. But, man, I don't know if it's just the fact that she was raised in Scientology and she has that, like, overbearing kind of personality that a lot of Scientologists have. But I'm, by the end of the show, I'm just like, oh, okay, I get it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know what it is. I was completely uh, opposite of you on that with her. Really? Okay. Yeah, I like her kind of like shitty New York attitude. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. It's like a Jersey girl fuck you attitude, which is a little refreshing. <laughs> See, I was I, I was with Ray about most of the special. I was. It wasn't bad. I like what she's doing. Mm -hmm. I I love when people are helping people especially when they take an active role like this. I guess there's just, you know, I, I have now at this point done enough personal investigating that I was, you know, underwhelmed by the special. I was like, so what you're saying is there's no actual religious component to Scientology and it's all it's all just a power money grab? Are yeah, you kidding? I'm with you. What? I was a little bored watching it too because it was like I didn't learn any new information that I already right. didn't know. Nothing I mean, was I tried a revelation. To look at I tried to look at it from somebody who didn't know anything about it. Right. Kind of view, which I'm, you know, I mean, not everybody's read a book like some of us have. Not everybody's seen Going Clear. So I guess it might have been new to some people. 
I think it's probably new to a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people just don't question. They don't think about things. It's just one of those weird edge religions. It's going to, well, there's the Mormons and the Scientologists and those ones that aren't, you know, real Christians. And they don't think about it. So from that point of view, this kind of covers all of the bases. And I think going into it gently is probably a better idea for those people. Because <laughs> if you go straight to Xenu, you're losing Right. Them. <laughs> I mean, well, that stuff's just, I mean, just pure just silliness and, and hokum. Like, I didn't even get that far. Like, because I know about, you know, we've discussed that on here. Mm. I was just like, you know, I'm watching this special and what struck me first was I had not been exposed to a lot of uh, actual L. Ron Hubbard. What a sketchy dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh he was just, he just, nothing about him rings like reasonable. I'm like, Ugh, stop talking. Do something about your teeth. You make me nervous. You like, never, just from, you never saw Going Clear, Ian? I have not seen Glenn Oh, Claire. man, that goes way more in depth into what a uh, sketchy I, guy I'm he sure is. It's just <laughs> everything that it exposes in the special, other than, you know, there are lots of people who are, you know, in the special that are dissenters that I didn't know about. But, uh, I mean, it's just, it's so, the the tactics that the Scientologists use are just so on front street. It's they're not being shaved. That'd be like if we went on next week and Ray was totally gone, and all we said was Ray is a disgruntled malcontent that causes nothing but trouble for this show. Everything he says is a lie. He was never part of the show, and Jared was always the host. Welcome to private arguments. Here's the music. Like, yeah, like it's just it's it's just that blatant. It's. Every single thing. They're like, the guy, I wish I remembered the guy's name, but the guy who was like, who was the, the, he was one of the first people she interviewed. He was the top tier guy. He was the Mike, head of international Mike relations Rinder. of the church. Yeah. yeah. And he was just like, he wasn't some, per, uh, what does she call them? Not parishioners, but, uh, members. Oh, I, I don't, them. yeah. There's, there's something like the, to separate the, the sea orgs from the parishioners. Uh, parish, was it parishioners? I think they said, yeah, I think it was parishioners. Yeah. I think she called, yeah. That, uh, you know, he's not just some rando malcontent who was like, I tried Scientology and it wasn't for me. He's like, I was Scientology <laughs> and Miss Cavage forced me out in a one of his endless power grabs. <laughs> and people just still they just eat it up. They're like, yeah, I should do that. Look, if I become if I become a Scientologist, then I will become a selectful, a successful celebrity and then I will be rich and famous. Well, it looks like, though, that. The stories that they're going to be focusing on mainly are people who are either born into it, like, like, well, no, that none of the people were born into it, but, you know, they started out as teenagers, like Leah Remini started when she was 14, that, uh, mm -hmm. Scobie woman, I forget her first name, was 14. Uh, Amy. Yeah. Yeah, Amy Scobie. And then their parents got into it in the early 70s when nobody knew anything about it. Right. So, I mean, but like to present it today to anybody, I can't imagine that they're getting new members. No, I and don't he, think they, they are. They oh, do say only, it's only the ones that are born into it. What's that? No, I don't think so because they they have these they have these tables set up. They, they actually she showed one in the special, and they've got these guys behind it, and they've got the e meter, and they're like, "Are you having problems? Are you have you know? Do you have you know some psychological stuff you need to work through? We can help you." And they go up and they do the the e meter thing. They give them a reading for free, and they say, "Do you want more? You can come." To the to the Scientology Center, and we can help you. They're but still recruiting, Mike, but yeah, they're still recruiting. But I don't know if they're getting new members because Mike Rinder did say in the special, he's like, 
they can't lose anybody because they are barely getting anybody new into the religion. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure they pick up a few. They pick up the, the same people that are that are sub- susceptible to being, you know, recruited by ISIS, the, the disenfranchised, right, the absolutely. lost people. Absolutely. They're, they're recruiting tactics. And again, this is, again, why I think it's just so obvious. And, uh, you know, I don't want to ruin it for <laughs> anybody who, who, who I won't get this wrong. Do you, do the, at least the three of you still watch The Walking Dead? Yes. Yes. Did you watch this most recent episode? Yes. Yep. Mm, yep. The tactics that Negan was using to recruit Carl? Oh, yeah. Yes. The same tactics. <laughs> oh, yeah. The same. It was that simple. Well, that, okay. I mean, nobody's ever, I mean, like, at least we've all claimed, I mean, like, Scientology is classic brainwashing techniques. It is. It's he was cla- like, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, that's sad about your mom. Hey, look. Look what you get if you get with me. There's some naked girls. There's some people bowing at <laughs> my feet. Come on, get on board. Scientology. I was like, okay. <laughs> Any day now, Negan's going to tell Carl, listen, you can never <laughs> talk to your father again. <laughs> you, you've got to disconnect with you've got to disconnect with Rick. Let me tell you about Xenu. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Holy snikes. And not only, fa- and not only is Scientology a suppressive like, person. Yeah. Yeah, he's a total SP. <laughs> Like, not only is Scientology classic brainwashing, but it's classic, like, 60s, 70s brainwashing techniques. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? 70s cult. Yeah. 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 Done right. <laughs> Actually, the one thing that did kind of, you know, shake me up a little bit when I was watching that was when Leo said that, uh, you know, when you are, you know, when it's looking like you're about to leave the church or become an SP or anything like that, that they're like, all right, well, we need to, uh, you know, start interrogating you and your family. Uh, you're going to – you have to pay for that. Yeah. You have right. to pay for us to shake you down. Yeah. Holy – oh, my goodness. That's I, that's borderline brilliant. I, I, don't, I don't understand why you would do it. I mean, I guess at that point you're still in and <laughs> – yes. Well, they say it numerous times and I've often wondered myself, but what it, it's the fact that they drill into your head that you are saving the world. Mm-hmm. And all the st- all the things that we do, whether when we send you to the special camp and we make you run all over the place and do hard labor, like you're not being forced to be there, but all you are saving the world, purpose. and that's how they justify it. Yeah, the, probably the the most evil part of it is that it is often families that are in there, and the only way to get out is to leave your entire family behind. And, well, the people that left it, they left with nothing, nothing. Literally, they walked away with what they had on their person. Right. Yeah, no that, bank account, no skills, no no college degree, no high school degree, no nothing. That is that is screwed up. I don't that takes yeah. balls to do to be quite honest with you. I don't know if I could do that to go out with no money, not not even no one person to contact. Yeah. No friends outside, nothing. Where do you go? Yeah, what do you do? Just sit on the street? <laughs> well, I'm thinking prop there are probably, you know, anti-scientologists now that will scoop you up and get you started at yeah. this point, but holy yeah, those cow. Those early days though. Yeah. I, yeah, I think you, yeah, those people. Yeah, but I'm I'm with you. I think if you wrote uh, a letter to Amy Scobie, she could probably introduce yeah. you to some people in your neighborhood that'll help you. Yeah, at least get you started. Yeah, right. Like right. Jenna Miscavige was really lucky because, and she was like one of those first to hit the road before any of these other people. They were sending her out to different countries and doing missionary work and stuff like that. So they had contact and made contact with people outside the world. But for somebody like seriously steeped in it hardcore and you you haven't left that Sea Org organization and you're in there, like, man, that yeah. takes some balls to get out. I mean, on a, really, if really Rimini to leave was easy, she had money. Yeah. She, she gave a lot of it to the Scientology, but she still had a lot left. 
She was like King of Queens. She had plenty of cash. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she gave millions to Scientology, but she still had, you know, income and she still had residual and she had someplace to go. She had a house. Right. So, you know, she had an out. A lot of people don't. Yep. And I would say, I would add to that that she probably, she, I'm sure she faced. Uh, I mean, a little bit of that. She definitely had oh, a bit yeah. of a cushion, yeah. But I mean, and the fact that they immediately disassociated, and I'm sure I think they're going to do, do some of this in the second episode. The the hostile, aggressive, getting in your face, trying to make you angry so that you punch them and they get it on film. Or I mean, oh, I'm yeah. sure she faced a whole bunch of that. Yeah. Sure. She, Have she you seen people- the? Uh, did you go to the aftermath letters site? I haven't seen them, but I heard no. a little about them. This I was like, oh, I'll check this out before the show. I'll read some of these letters. This site is so big with all the letters that have been written to them since that first episode. It's insane. I was like, there's no way I could get through all of this. Some of it's typed. Some of them are handwritten. Some of them are. T- I mean, it's insane. So it's all <laughs> all people in Scientology writing letters to a. Yeah, there's A&E? a whole thing like talking. There's a whole big section on Mike Rinder. On and and all these citations and all this stuff like that about where he's admitted to being a dirty liar and like <laughs> for well it says right here it says uh to the production company it says on the top it's Church of Scientology International it says dear and then it just says blank for some reason uh-huh. further to our ongoing correspondence this letter concerns one of your acknowledged sources and Leah Remini producers Mike Rinder in your letter of August third twenty sixteen you named Rinder as the source of claims concerning stale allegations of violence in the Church of Scientology. Mike Rinder has been peddling this lie to the media since 2009. <laughs> and then it just goes on from there about how he admitted to being a liar and stuff like that. But well, it's long. I mean, very yeah, 2009. Long. As, long as, as long as abuse has a shelf life that's yeah. so short. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. So has the Church of Scientology sued any at all or anybody? Can they? Libel. I, I don't think maybe. so because I know that they sent a letter – asking them to not air it. Yeah. But I don't think they can because all through the show, they posted a te- the text saying uh, Scientology they does not claims. approve of this. They didn't, they didn't participate. Right. Scientology disagrees with things being said. Like, they were very clear. I don't think you can do liable there. Like, <laughs> mm. Well, like, yeah, and they were asked to participate and declined our invitation, yada, 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 right. all that stuff, yeah. True. And it's – listen, it's pretty knowledge or uh, common knowledge that these were all actual Scientologists at some point. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So she has sued them? Leah's lawyer is demanding a yes. million and a half dollars as compensation for the past, present, and ongoing reputational, emotional, and economic injuries and damage has suffered. Hmm. So she's going all in. <laughs> ah, see, I feel like that's kind of a modest sub. I, I, I now respect her for suing them for a fair amount of money. Yeah. They, yeah, they can afford it. Well, that and I, because I, I read a lot of TMZ and assorted things, the amount of money that people <laughs> claim mm. that they are owed for outrageous things, like when uh, I can't remember, I Carrie tried to sue her ex boyfriend for fifty million dollars because she had to move <laughs> across country to be with him, and then he <laughs> broke up with her. <laughs> oh come on! I was like, that's well, amazing. Mariah Carey's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> she, she doesn't seem a little crazy. But what I like about Leah is. And and I've seen a lot of interviews with celebrities who have left it, and they're kind of like, yeah, it was dumb, and, you know, whatever, and they did this, and I'm not in it anymore. But I like her stance, like, I was in it, I was an asshole for being in it. (laughs) I said a lot of stupid shit, you know, I supported it, and now I'm done, and now I'm fucking mad. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, you know what? Damn right, Leah. (laughs) Good for her. 
she she just personally annoys me because she reminds me of uh, awful people <laughs> but she's actually a good person her fingernails freak me out <laughs> <laughs> and she's so jersey that it it is annoying but she's a good person and i will continue to watch her show <laughs> yeah i think the show is interesting and i'm i'm very curious where it's going to go especially with 10 episodes i mean you covered so much on the very first one I could be wrong. Let me double check that. Sure. I would also say that the fact that she was on King of Queens and has a reasonably big fan base, I think will get the word about Scientology out there a little quicker as well, mm. which is awesome. And and not to mention the fact that, I mean, just I think having a show come out every now and then completely debunking any religion is a good thing. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Agreed. I, I, I agree with with. I would wholeheartedly support a uh, a miniseries debunking pick a religion <laughs> anything. <laughs> we'll go through them all. <laughs> well, I didn't know that the whole show was going to be about Scientology. I thought it was a show called Disconnect, and it might have been dealing with other stuff. <laughs> hmm. Like a, this Scientology was just the first one, but it turns out it's it's, it's everything, right? It's yeah. all about Scientology, right? Well, I, I think Scientology deserves little special attention because of how bad it is. I mean, there are, are other religions that are arguably worse. It is, in, but in I, other I ways. really like now that that you guys have in the show has pointed out that uh, you know Scientology's influence seems really finite. Yes, like like they they are they have they have peaked and they have only down to go. Yeah, they have enough money though, so they're they're not going away anytime soon. No, not immediately. But I mean, again, it's it, I don't know that you know that, that it can. I don't think it's going to take you know, the footholds that more conventional religions have. But I think eventually Miscavige will go too far. He has way too much power, <laughs> way too little control over his temper, and he he will at some point go way too far, and that'll be the end of it, because he is not an in-control type of person. <laughs> sure, that's fair. I mean, I mean that was, uh, again, I we, we just discussed this, that was probably the most, one of the more impactful parts of the show, was again, and I've already forgotten. You said his name was Brindle, Mike Rinder. Rinder, Rinder, Rinder. Yeah, like how much higher up do you need to go on the Scientology ladder of someone coming out and saying this is all bunk? <laughs> you know, th th like he's he you know, that that's he's like basically, in my opinion, he he was one step shy of Miscavige coming out and saying, "You, you correct? We were just kidding. <laughs> I just wanted all your money." Well, there's not just Mike Rinder, too. There's also uh, Marty Rathburn's another higher up. He was like almost neck and neck with Rinder in the uh, hierarchy there. And he's another one that's he's the one that gets squirrel squirrel busted all the time. <laughs> and I wonder if they're going to mention that in the show. Gets what? Squirrel the, busted? Yeah. Didn't we talk about this when we did the Scientology episode? We did. Yeah. We absolutely yeah. did. Squirrels? Oh, no. right. Uh, yeah, code word. Okay. By the way, I would I don't know where I got that ten episode thing from. It's only three episodes. Oh. Ah, that's much better. It didn't it seemed like a lot of that's a, yeah, ten is a lot. Ten hours of content would be that's a that's a lot of exposing of act, act, actors and actresses. <laughs> hey, listen, you get two episodes alone, just one on Travolta and one on uh Cruz. Mm. Yeah. So the next thing I want to see after you know, after hers is done is uh another show against Scientology when other Scientologists come out, like Laura Prepon and, and uh, Danny Masterson and Topher Grace. I want to show with the three of them <laughs> leave Scientology and say, holy crap, what, what a line of shit that was. 
As of right now, they're all in, right? <laughs> I Are they so. all in? Is Telfer Grayson? I didn't realize it was the entire cast of that 70s show. <laughs> just just the main three characters, I think, yeah. Not yeah, Ashton no, Kutcher. I, yeah, I think, no, I think you're right. I think I think the Kuchers are out. I think, I think Wilmer, can't think of his name right now. Well, we look at notable Scientology celebrities, Elena Masterson, Tom Cruise, John Travolta, Juliette Lewis, Jenna, Elf- uh, Jenna Elfman, Kirstie Alley, S. Longway. Jenna Longway. Elfman is a Scientologist? Yes. <sighs> yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Kelly Preston, Elizabeth Moss, Isaac Hayes. Oh, I forgot about that one. <laughs> Poor Wieners <Seth>. out, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Bell, Nancy Cartwright, and Beck. I always forget about Beck. Uh, I never forget about Beck. It kills me, but Jared explained that one to me. Uh, Erica Christensen, Laura Preppen, Ann Archer, Giovanni Rabisi, uh, Marissa Rabisi. Uh, Who is it? Marissa Rabisi. Oh, that is. Is that Beck's wife, Jared? Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, all right, brother. Uh, David Campbell, you know, Chick Corea, Danny Masterson, Bijou Phillips, Greta Van Susteren. Really? What? Really? Dougie Fresh. <laughs> Dougie Fresh? <laughs> Dougie Fresh? Say it ain't so. I have to imagine Dougie Fresh is just looking for a free meal. <laughs> yeah. That was really, that was, that was kind of a tough one. That was, that was not quite as tough as Beck, but mm. I, uh. Greta Van Susteren, what the hell? That blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> she seems like an intelligent journalist. What the hell? Yeah. Well. She worked for Fox News, but <laughs> and again, I feel like we've established that there's that no one believes the fake religious. Um, I'm air quoting again, but we can't see each other. Uh, uh, you know, component of Scientology. Scientology is clearly nothing more than this manifestation of the the like this cult of personality. Like, join our group of Hollywood elites, and we will further your career. And we will get rubes to pay for it. Mm. Yeah. Well, and it's all, it's, yeah. it's uh, the whole self actualization 70s navel gazing <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> right. Now, having said all that, though, in many of the things where I've seen Scientologists talk, they are extremely confident. And I think, Ray, you said it like that kind of get in your face. This is a commanding kind of speak to someone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so they do like, and then I'm not saying like, any people should go join Scientology in any way, shape, or form because they're just going to bilk you for all your money. But for certain people, like a lot of people who get out of it, and I believe I heard an, even an interview with Remedy saying, like, look, I'm not part of the church anymore, but there were good things I learned from it. Like this self-confidence, you know, kind of well, like being a Donald Trump but without being an asshole or a dipshit. <laughs> like if you ever see – like, But, but they, it's a stage show though. I mean – right, right. And I'm not saying what, they're, what they believe is true in any way. Yeah. And sometimes they take it overboard like Tom Cruise where now he's like the authority on everything. But some of them – like there's a there's a certain attitude to it and it's it's definitely mind control against people who aren't in your religion type of thing where you get really up close to them. You lock eyes with them, you know that kind of shit. Does anybody know what I'm talking about, or am I just rambling? <laughs> well, there, there's a there's a whole. Um, so when I was in, at my first year of college, they had this um, hypnotist come onto campus, and he hypnotized a couple people on stage. And the one guy, he got down next to him because he was really quote under, and he told him, "You are now going to be the most confident, outgoing, sure of yourself person on this campus." 
And he, you know, he really gave him the full line of, you know, you were going to be, you know, the big man in charge kind of thing. And this guy changed because of that. And it was just... Forever? Yeah. Yes. Oh, at least for years. He changed for (laughs) He changed for years. He was really different. He went from being this kind of middle of the road, you know, a little bit shy, but not overly shy, but kind of an edge on the edge kind of guy to being like this in the middle of the dance floor, always, you know, the center of, of attention dude for a while. It was weird. I, and think I, don't know I think in some people, their psychology, they just have to be told that they can. Yeah. They just right. have to be told. Like a lot of people, especially if you grew up Christian, you're you're told you're dirt, that you're not worthy all the time. So if suddenly you have another religious or, you know, that kind of mentality come at you and say, no, you know what? You are worth it. You're the best. You can do this. You can do anything. And they give you, you know, a lot of encouragement. It just – people can just go, you know what? I am that. Yeah. It gives you an excuse to be that person. So you don't really think he was hypnotized and like – No. No, I have done extensive experiments (laughs) with hypnosis. And it is not compelling at all. It's just, it is a way to allow yourself to do the things, the things you want to do. Hypnosis only works if you want it to work. Yeah. Now, okay. Now, having said that, I think I might have told Ian this story. I don't know if I told you guys this. I once, when I was 14, my mother made me go to a therapist in town. And uh, we were talking for 45 minutes or something like that. And then casually he mentioned to me, he goes, oh, I also do... You know, I'm a hypnotist. And I was obviously at 14, I was like, what? That's fucking cool. I'm like, how do you do that? Like, what do you do? And he started talking to me about air going into my lungs and filling up my lungs. And all of a sudden, my eyes started to roll back into my head. And I started to sweat. Like, all instantly, I had, like, flop sweat all over my forehead. And I, like, raised my hand. I'm like, stop talking, stop talking, stop talking. Right? And I made him stop because it was freaking me out. Mm-hmm. And like to this, so when people and I've and much like Ian, I've done a lot of investigating where people are like, "No, you're only hypnotized if you want to be," and this and that. So I don't know exactly what happened to me and what he was saying to me was hypnotized. Like I don't know if he could have fundamentally changed my personality <laughs> by giving me a suggestion if I went under. But it, w- can you guys explain what the hell had happened to me? You were 14. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're highly suggestible when you're 14 years old. Yeah. I mean, but to the fact that like I couldn't keep my eyes open. Yeah, you, one more one more second, and you would have been on Negan's side. <laughs> you were fourteen. But years you're old. telling me that I just imagined it, and that no, no, you didn't imagine it. You were you were highly suggestible. You were talking about hypnosis. You you saw on television what hypnosis looked like. You were fourteen years old. He said the words of magic that made you hypnotized. So you were hypnotized. I don't know. You, I'm telling you, and like, first of all, at at my at back then, I thought hypnotism was holding a watch in someone's face and, and moving it back and forth. That's I didn't know <laughs> right. you could just talk, and he just talked. And well, like the words that they use, and the way that they say them, and the cadence that they use, and the you know the very it's like lullabies. It's the same kind of deal. If you say things in a certain way, they have a, a physiological response. When you expressed right at the beginning that you were you, what you said was, "Oh, you're kidding, really," and you you showed interest. Mm, you showed right. a a susceptibility, a willingness, right? Yeah. A willingness to accept that hy- hypnosis was not only possible but something that you would love to know and experience. Okay, but I never said to him, "Do it to me" hmm. or "Put me under." He no, just started no. doing it. Correct. Okay. Well, 
I will take what you guys said to heart, sort of. I will have to. Uh, what, <laughs> having known this information, I should probably go back to somebody who claims to do hypnotism and see if they can do that to me again now. Because well, they can't. You're completely well, aware of it and resistant to, well, to it. Brian, uh, Ian, that's how you scientifically prove shit. You <laughs> yeah, redo <absolutely>. it. <laughs> if my eyes roll back in my head again. I might take a different stance on it. <laughs> right. Well, I think people people uh, react differently to it, though. I mean, I've been to a couple of hypnotist shows, and I. They always, and I've kind of tried to do it sometimes, but my mind always wanders. I always go in 18 different directions, and I can never concentrate on what they're saying. But I think some people can focus in and just listen to the words and not stray off into 75 different directions at the same time. So I think some people are susceptible to being <clears throat> dazed, I would say, more than hypnotized. Well, I know when, it, when a hypnotist does a show, they usually gather people up to test out which ones are more susceptible than others, like have right. them like – for sure and shit like that but i'm telling you that i was just sitting in a room with this guy <laughs> and he was just like oh yeah it's like this blah 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 and i'm like stop 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 <laughs> so i obviously didn't want to be hypnotized since i was making him stop <laughs> right right but you were just becoming more relaxed you were <laughs> focusing in on your breathing mm-hmm. you were you know you were just listening to the sound of his voice your mind wasn't wandering and you know that starts to have you know physical effects on you like again when i was doing this uh in my in, in my leisure time. At the time, I it's hard because I, when I reflect on it now, I realize that I was largely wrong. But, you know, I, I believed it to be working. But when I, you know, look back at the time I spent doing it, no one ever did anything that they wouldn't normally do. You know, it was everything that we did under hypnosis was things we were comfortable with. Uh, you know, so it wasn't that I think it was just again, maybe it wasn't. Maybe I'm not a hypnosis person, you know, but I mean, I, I, I had less success receiving hypnosis than I did hypnotizing others. Right. I would look into they have um, our homeopathy friend was talking about it. They have this um, immersion thing that they do at downtown state college they have one and it's a, a an isolation tube. You're floating in water. There's no light. There's no sound. And you're weightless, basically. In this, that would be dope. Yeah, no, and it, it's I would a, not never do that. <laughs> but it's a way of eliminating all distraction and being able to focus in on the thoughts in your own head. And he says that he, well, he's slightly crazy, but he says he has um, visual stuff he sees. No doubt. So he's yeah, a great yeah, that, that happens way. all the time. That's especially why I will not do it. <laughs> I can't even handle fucking weed, little deprivation tank. <laughs> I uh, I would I would I would be nervous about that because I I agree with you know who we're discussing mm-hmm. I you know I think that would be you know I think it would work uh, and I would you know after after recent events I would be fearful of being sucked into the upside down. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Uh, I don't I you know that wouldn't be too far from from plausible for me. But uh, you said this is available somewhere where near where you live. Yeah, I do, I actually don't think it is. I think they had they shut it down because they weren't getting enough. Oh. Uh, I don't think they were getting enough people, so they oh they right. Sold he said it something off. about it. It was yeah, it was closing down, and so he went in before they closed. Yeah. Oh. Well, they didn't advertise at all. So. All right. Well, if something like that springs up again, let me know before it's gone. Okay. <laughs> Get in your bathtub and turn off the lights. No, You'll be fine. That's a terror. <laughs> That's so poor. That's so like me. Just once I want to do the real version, not the ghetto Ian version. I'll let you know if you see it. 
Oh, man. No kiddie pool and bags of salt? <laughs> not, not immediately, I guess. <laughs> Homeopathy friend will know. We'll ask him. <laughs> uh, man, we went down the rabbit hole on that one. We started off yeah. talking about Scientology. Well, we talked about, you know, religious experiences and how people yeah, yeah, react yeah. to them. So, you know? I, yeah, no, it was a good conversation. Yeah. But I do think we're running out of time. So I wanted to real quick throw in the very last thing because I don't want to forget <laughs> about this. Uh, it's stupid and silly and I loved it. Yeah. Donald Trump's surrogate, Scotty Nell Hughes, was on CNN the other night and she was wanting to badmouth Jay-Z and Beyonce. Uh, and she was referring to the uh, Jay-Z video for uh, it's No Church in the Wild. No idea. But apparently they have people throwing Molotov cocktails and being all violent. And she wanted to reference this. However, she did not say Molotov cocktail. Oh, she called it best. a Mazel Tov cocktail. Lahayam. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love the the Mazeltov cocktail, and apparently the the Twitter storm that happened afterwards, people were trying to make up what a Mazeltov cocktail. And I think I think what it came down to was Manischewitz and soda. Just so you that's, know, that's your Mazeltov cocktail. For a week after that, when that happened, my name in Rocket League was Mazeltov cocktail. <laughs> that is hilarious. But in any case, that's the last thing I wanted to mention. I just. Uh, that made me laugh. Uh, does anybody have anything else? Not I. Okay. I am satisfied with today's discussion. Thank yep. you. Okay. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up then. Uh, if anybody has any comments or questions, or if you'd like uh, to ask us anything about beliefs or whatever we've been talking about, or if you just want to yell at us, you can go to profaneargument.com and leave a message on the episode, or you can tweet us at ProfaneArg. I would like to encourage anyone uh, who, who likes the show to check out other shows that can be found on soon-to-be-named-network.com. Uh, shows like The Prodigal Sons with Ian and Jared. Uh, Prime Defective, also with Jared. Yay! <laughs> uh, the Puzzle I'm not on Warriors, every show. <laughs> the Puzzle Warriors 3 with Ian and myself, joined with uh, with Craig. Apothecacy uh, with Jason and David. A live YouTube stream, uh, video stream with Fresher and Parlance called The Fresher and Parlance Show. Uh, and the Longbox Heroes and Longbox Heroes After Dark with Leonard and Todd. Also, if you'd like to support this podcast, please give us a review on iTunes or you can subscribe on YouTube or on SoundCloud. I want to thank everyone for listening. And until next time, I am Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. And uh, one final thought. I don't know if God exists, but it would be better for his reputation if he didn't. <laughs> Good night, everyone, and may your God go with you. 